Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed. Hey, everybody, to ask and welcome back school, to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew talking about your questions. Welcome, sex to the sex, sexual rap. health, relationships, anxiety. Yeah, we're talking about anxiety today. But um, how are you, Spring? <laughs> um, I would like to say I am an anxious person in recovery. Um, so you know, feeling pretty good. <laughs> I am a very low, like very low anxiety person. I, I don't really experience much of it. Um, when I have those feelings, you know, like I feel like the beginnings of it, I take a deep breath and I'm like, no, this is my body giving me the energy to overcome a situation. I'm not a zebra running from a lion. I am a human being and I can cognitively get through this. That doesn't work for most people, but um, yeah, <laughs> I'm super low anxiety, but I have a ton, a ton, a ton of friends who are anxious about all kinds of things. And um, like to start out our episode today, everybody, um, like we are going to be talking about like how to handle sex and dating while anxious we're not talking about people with generalized anxiety disorders or other like major anxiety issues. Um, like what we're going to talk about today might be helpful, but um, if you have serious anxiety, you should probably talk to somebody and get some professional help. You can call the National Alliance on Mental Health NAMI. It's one eight hundred nine fifty N A M I. So, but we want to help you too. But Spring and I are not clinical psychologists. We're sex researchers and sexual health researchers and sex educators. So we're going to be talking more about the you know, dating kind of sucks and asking someone out kind of sucks and, you know, chatting with somebody sucks and texting with somebody sucks. And <laughs> all of these things have a little bit of, and not the good kind of sucks. There's lots of good sucking that can happen, but this is like the yikes. Um, and we're going to talk about like, what can we do and what does that yikes, that yikes look like and, and give some tips and tricks. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of people experience some anxiety around dating and entering into relationships and entering into sexual relationships with people. So yeah, we're going to talk about how do you manage that? How do you manage um, when those feelings come up? And how you how do you navigate your way through them so that you can... Um, connecting it to our last episode from last week so that you can have an abundance of love in your life. Yay, love, abundance, getting yourself out of that scarcity economy. Um, yeah, so anxiety and dating. It's, I talk to my friends all the time. They come to me about something as simple as like setting up their profile or like I just helped a friend a couple weeks ago. Uh, he sent me like a hundred pictures that he had taken of himself and from his Instagram saying like, which one of these should be my profile picture? And like, dude, whoa, calm down. But like, that's what Spring and I are talking about. Like every aspect of dating, right? That whole process from before you've even met the person, before you've swiped right on a person, um, 
like it's just this terrifying experience from beginning to end because it's all about how do we assess ourselves? How is someone else going to assess me? And am I going to get what I want out of whatever this overall transaction is? Um, which can be kind of scary. Now, I haven't dated in a very long time. So I'm a little bit out of the dating pool, like swipe right, swipe left. Like, I don't swipe anybody any direction. Like, you're all welcome to come in and I'll have a great time. Um, but there's no swiping at this point for me. Well, that was obvious because when we were planning the show, Andrew said, you've swiped left. Now what? And I was like, no, 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 you swiped right. <laughs> I know they're swiping in some direction. Swiping. <laughs> um, all right. And all of that, like all those places where I said things suck everywhere, where there's like that little bit of uh or yikes. Um, like that's the anxiety of dating sort of creeping in, right? Because you're doing a self-assessment. Am I worth it? Am I worthy? And am I going to get my needs fulfilled by whatever's going on? And is it worth my time or energy? Um, and if we look at dating anxiety, it comes from everywhere in our lives, right? Like, yeah, like even though I'm not currently dating, I have been on some really <laughs> terrible dates and I face some rejection along those dates. And if you go on a bad date and you have some rejection and then you go to your next date, you bring that rejection with you to your next one. And that's sort of what we're talking about. Like you might have some bad past experiences. Um, if you've been rejected a few times, you might not feel so good about yourself. You might have pretty low self-worth. And in slow, if you have low self-worth, it's going to be harder to put yourself out there and it's sort of going to follow you. I mean, th there are lots of different places where we can see this dating anxiety. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's societal as well. Like you might be afraid for your health or your, for your safety. Uh, might have had a traumatic experience in your past. Um, or, right, some of you have probably never been on like a date date. You've never probably swiped somebody the right direction. Actually, <laughs> you know, made it through the texting to the phone call to the face-to-face. -face. Um, so I think inexperience in any of those different categories can really cause those issues as well. So why don't we start at the beginning um, and talk about dating and anxiety from like the start all the way up to, and, it, and, and I didn't say it yet, but you know, a lot of the anxiety, probably the most anxiety comes immediately before and immediately after the date. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And you know, I want to, I want to say, um, Andrew listed like so many, you know, reasons <laughs> that you could have some anxiety around dating. And, um, I want to list a couple of the ones that I identify with the most. Um, I'm pretty shy. I feel like, you know, getting to know a new person kind of feels scary. Um, you know, that can bring up anxiety. Um, also, like, yeah, so many things about our past experiences, like, you know, how many people have ghosted me, even like in long-term relationships over my life or yes. broken up with me, like, you know, so unexpectedly. And like all of that is, you know, carried in your body. And when you think about going on a date, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel scary because of all of those experiences. And so, you know, all of this adds up to it makes sense that you're anxious, right? And that's what I want to start with. It's like, yeah, okay, you're anxious. You're a little nervous about this. And like, that's okay. There's a lot of very valid reasons for that anxiety. So let's just first say that's okay. That's normal and normalize that there is some anxiety around this and like feel it and say like, okay, this is a normal feeling I'm having. 
Absolutely. Um, having a little bit of anxiety is kind of like having a little bit of excitement. And if you really think about it biologically in your body, like there's a lot of similarities of being kind of like, oh, I'm excited to meet this person. And oh, no, I'm a little bit terrified to meet this person. Like it's the same sort of feelings. And they're both completely natural and normal um, to have, especially like Spring said, like we have our past experiences and, and those don't go away when the previous relationships go away. They come with us and 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 they can crop up their ugly heads whenever we're trying to talk to new people. Um, so, all right. So, so Spring, you've swiped right on somebody. Tell me about anxiety, how, what, what it feels like, and then what do we do with it at that point? Well, you know, I think that um, when you're first starting to getting to know someone, there's like very many different styles of texting, you know, and we have um, an episode our, on our texting bootcamp episode. Um, we also have our, you know, um, revamping your dating profile episode where we talk about some of these things. But when you start messaging someone, um, it can feel like a lot is riding on it. It can feel like, you know, I could potentially have a whole beautiful relationship with this person. And that can feel like a lot to, you know, place on these like first few texts and, and, and any of the text, you know, and like, and as you get to know the person more and more, the texting can still feel anxiety producing because you can't see their face. You don't know how they respond to each text you're sending. You don't know if they can read the potential jokes or sarcasm in your messages. Right. And so it becomes this like process of until you I mean, I would say until you know someone really well, texting can be anxiety producing, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, there are great things about texting, right? Like it's asynchronous. You can think about it and then you can, you know, sort of structure what you're going to say. But in that asynchronous process, you have a lot more opportunities to overthink what's going on. And like Spring said, you don't know exactly how someone else is going to read it. Like, if you text with Spring, she doesn't use uppercase letters. And it might be a little off-putting if you didn't know, like, I can't tell what's important here or what's going on. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and that's just, you know, capital versus lowercase letters in the entire text. But those are the sort of things that go on. Like, is this supposed to be cute? Is she bad at grammar? I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, texting can cause a lot of anxiety, that asynchronous behavior. Um, and the texting behaviors and patterns that we have with our friends and family obviously look quite different from our texting behaviors and patterns with somebody that we're just meeting. Um, so you're not really letting your true self in there either, because you're trying to put that best version of you forward in text, right? And the problem with text is that it is cold, it is dead, um, there's no emotion that can go with it. You can never, like, certainly you can put emojis in, and certainly you can try to put emotional language in, but if someone doesn't know you, right, and if you don't know that person, you don't know how that's going to be received. And that's why texting can cause so much anxiety at the beginning of dating with someone. Yeah. yeah. Like Spring said, we have a whole episode. You should listen like texting bootcamp uh, to sort of get you up to at least a beginner level of how to sort of overcome this kind of anxiety. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, part of the anxiety there is, you know, you still don't know that person. You still don't know how they're going to respond to things. So I think, um, you know, being as clear as you can in your messages and, you know, being pretty direct and you can, you can also be funny. I think that's great. Um, but you might like put, you know, some laughing emojis after a text that you are intending to be a joke, for example, so that you are very clearly signaling this is a joke that I'm 
saying to you right now, you know, things like that. So you want to be as clear as possible in that communication, especially early on, so that you're avoiding any potential miscommunications um, as you start to understand how that person communicates. I'm just thinking right now, like even when I'm texting people, um, I don't use abbreviations very frequently. I use complete sentences, including like commas and semicolons. And if I was texting someone, they'd be like, what, what is this person's problem? Why are they texting me all this like full paragraph grammar? Um, so I can understand where that anxiety comes from. And I like Spring's idea, like, you know, be funny, but if you're funny, put some emojis in. Um, and I think another key to texting at the beginning is to have a sense of humor as you're moving into it as well. If you're just getting to know someone, if you're just starting to meet someone, it should be kind of light. And then you can get a little deeper and heavier as conversations move on. Um, so Spring, you've texted someone successfully and then you took a commercial break. We'll be right back to talk some <laughs> more about anxiety and dating. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap, everybody. Today, we're talking about how to deal with some anxiety during that whole dating process. And so far, we've been mostly talking about, at the very beginning, how to handle texting. Um, but after text comes phone phone calls? <laughs> on phone. I have so many friends who absolutely loathe using a phone. Like, I mean, even for simple things like, you know, making a vet appointment, they're trying to figure out this web form and they don't know why someone hasn't contact. I'm like, just, just call them, just call them on your phone. You can use it to talk to people too. Um, so is, th is there a lot of anxiety on those first, you know, voice or video calls that you do with somebody? Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, some people do these and some people don't. Um, I, I like to recommend them because I think it's another way to, um, you know, kind of prevent wasting of time. Um, if you don't connect well with somebody, um, once you're meeting them in person. Um, but yeah, I think that there's some anxiety around those. I think that, um, phone call or a video call is lower stakes than a date though. And I think they're actually good practice for going on a date also. So like if you're feeling anxiety about a date, I would say actually try one of these first, right? Because then you're going to see the person like moving around, see what they actually really look like. You're going to know what you're getting into, how they're kind of responding, how like what their sense of humor is or what their um, rapport is like between the two of you. So I think that there's probably some anxiety there, but also you can think of that as a less anxiety producing situation than meeting in person, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's practice. Like that little call you're doing is actually a mini date. It has all of the other elements of a date, like getting to know somebody, some icebreakers, warming up to somebody, having a conversation with the person, learning about them, listening to them, and then ending it, right? Like, and all of those are important parts of any kind of date. So think of that phone call or the, the video call at the beginning. Um, and I also like how phone calls and video calls do help you understand what's going on. So if someone sent me like three laughing emojis after something, I'm like, is this a joke? Are they laughing at themselves? I don't find this funny. If you're talking to somebody and if you can see them, their voice will convey so much more of that emotion. If they're telling a joke, they'll probably laugh. You'll probably laugh back. Um, humor is easier to convey. Um, sexiness is easier to convey sometimes uh, in mm -hmm. conversations as well. Um, and it should make the 
actual meeting the person a little bit easier. Um, but then for many, many, many people, this is where anxiety goes crazy. So you had anxiety at the beginning, right? You had anxiety <laughs> while texting. You had some anxiety <laughs> with that video call and you feel pretty good at the end of it and you're going to meet them. But it's not for three days. <laughs> what, yeah. What do we do? I think that um, the anxiety between dates or between like the phone call and the date, I think that that's one of the times where we let the experiences of our past relationships take over. That's one of the times where we just start to make things up in our head about what's happening for that person. You know, say you went on a first date and then um, maybe you said, yeah, I'd like to see you again, but you didn't set up a time yet. And then you're kind of just waiting for them every day to like say when they want to see you again. And you're just waiting. And it seems like every text they send that's not asking you out again, it seems like pointless and it makes you angry or you like, or you're just like, you know, constantly kind of checking your phone. Like, have they texted yet? Have they wanted to set up another time yet? And this um, in-between zone, I think is where a lot of people are just then falling into these traps of thinking about like, oh, well, this is probably going to happen, or they didn't like that one thing I said, or, and we start to make up a lot of stories, right? And it's based on our past experiences. It's based in, you know, something real, but then the stories that we're making up are not real. It's just like guesses of trying to determine what's happening in somebody else's life that we barely know. And we all have had that moment where we're sitting there like waiting for someone to text, waiting for someone to call. And it's in that time period, like Spring said, all of those negative past experiences become novels in our head and those like stories of, oh, they're out with somebody else or, oh, they don't really like me. Or, you know, I said something and now I feel foolish and they're going to like no longer want to talk with me, that this connection is over. Um, and for mo in almost every case, none of that is true, right? It's a story. It's a novel in our head. Now, it's your reality, right? Your reality is full of the anxiousness of those previous experiences. But you need to put that little stop in your head. You need to figure out a way to say, like, all right, I'm now living a fantasy and not a reality. And I need to focus on, you know, this is a person that I've connected to that I like, that I'm looking forward to seeing them. Or I enjoyed spending time with them and I look forward to seeing them again. And rewrite some of those scripts, right? The, 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 the little language, the little evil thing that sits on your shoulder and tells you that you're not good enough for <laughs> that. It's going to be just like the last time. Um, and the scary thing is um, we start to believe those scripts, right? We start to believe those negative voices in our heads. And when we let those take over, we actually make those things happen again because we create the context in the situation or the neediness or, you know, we're subsisting on that, uh, the, the love that's scarce, like we're, we're building into the, the, the lie of scarcity of love. Um, and then it happens, right? So we sort of create a self-fulfilling prophecy by listening to those voices instead of saying, I had a good time. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I think that Spring and I both have some tips and tricks on how to make sure that the anxiety phase, like what happens between those dates um, or before the first date, you know, we can bring that down a little bit and turn it into something hopefully a little bit more positive. Um, yeah. I think the number one thing to do is to talk to a friend because 
so many times your friend can reflect back to you what is true in this situation and then, you know, what is happening in your head. And it can be really hard to tease that out for yourself, right? Because it can feel so real, all of these stories that we make up. And so, um, when you go to a friend and you can say like, these are all the things I'm feeling. Um, and you can like practice this with your friends, you know, they can say back like, okay, well, what, what did the text actually say? Or like, what did you say on the last date? You know? So, and then they can start to say like, okay, so these are the pieces of information we have. And then, um, these are all the different potential things that could be happening here. And, you know, we don't know what's actually happening, but all of these things in your head are just like stories that you're coming up with. And I think that, you know, getting another perspective, getting a friend to talk through these things with you is extremely valuable and starting to separate out what's happening internally versus what's actually happening with the other person. Absolutely. Um, getting that uh, another opinion, having someone else there to get their point of view on what's going on. Um, just be careful. If you have a super negative friend who's always down on everything, that might not be the person that you want to talk to about the anxiety that you're having about the new person that you're going to be seeing. But um, getting other perspectives are really important. Um, I think some other really good tips if you're having some an- anxiousness about dating in the process is to just once again reflect and write down what what you're expecting to get out of that date. What are your needs in this process? And then look at what goes on from, you know, the swiping to the texting to the talking to the meeting, and if it's meeting those needs across the way, it helps get rid of some of that negative storytelling that's going inside of your head like, "Oh, I like this person. I'm feeling good about these situations. I feel good about the text that we're having, and I'm probably going to feel good about the next date that we're having too." So, really think about like, what do you want to get out of it? Like, I'm a list person, so I'd write a list and be like, "All right, these are the things I'm getting. I don't need to worry about all this other nonsense that's coming up inside of my head." Um And another thing that really helps is practicing really clear communication. Um, If we look at dating in the United States, men and women are both trained in their scripts to be horrible at all of the communication (laughs) that goes into dating, right? We use sexual innuendo. We use emojis instead of our words. We use all of these other ways uh, of not saying what we actually think or feel. So practicing good, clear communication, um, and this is also something you probably want to try with a friend first, being like, all right, uh, this is how I feel and this is where I want this to go. Or I had a really great time and I want to see you again. Are you available on Tuesday? Don't use any of the stupid scripts we've heard our whole lives. Like women are supposed to wait three days or you're supposed to do this on the first date and this on the second date. Those are all destructive to having positive communication with another person, right? Because there's nothing out there. There's nothing to talk about. They're the unsaid rules. Well, those rules are trash. Throw them in the trash and use better rules of establishing your needs, talking about your needs and clearly communicating them And along with that is working on being comfortable, right? Good sex and good relationships come when there's a lot of comfort involved. So think about what makes you comfortable, um, like physically, what spaces make you comfortable. Uh, Think about the kinds of communication that make you comfortable and really work on building that kind of comfort with the other person or multiple people. If you can be dating multiple people simultaneously, that's cool. Um, But work on that comfort element as well. And I think that, you know, 
as you start to identify things that make you feel less anxious in texting styles, things that make you feel less anxious in your communication in in where you're going in dates and how, how the dates are playing out, you can then start to communicate those things to your dates also, right? And that's putting together all those things Andrew was just talking about. So you can say like, um, it makes me feel less anxious when um, you if you like read a message and instead of just like leaving it on read, you know, tell a few hours when you can reply, if you just say, I'll be able to reply in a few hours, you know, like, you know, if you can identify those type of things and then tell people, then that can help to create this space where you are creating comfort for yourself in the process of dating, right? And the more that you know about what helps you feel comfortable, the more you can communicate about that. And then the more comfortable everything can start to be. Yeah. Uh, so can we talk about sex for just a minute? <laughs> um, if you insist. I, all right. All right. So, um, <laughs> so this episode is not directly about anxiety and sex, but I do think it's important if you've been having anxiousness, um, the, the biology of anxiety, right? Like your heart starts to pound, your breathing gets tight. You might sweat a little bit. You might have a lot of feelings going on. That is almost exactly the same as when you start getting turned on. So if you've had a lot of anxiety with somebody in the dating and you've made it to the point where you think you want to you might want to have sex with them, you might want to be physically intimate with them, um, getting turned on might trigger a lot of the same feelings as anxiety. And it's important when you're in that process, once again, in your head, change the script from like, oh God, everything's wrong. Oh no, I'm freaking out. Like those sort of feelings being like, oh, this is my body starting to get turned on. These are the feelings of my body getting ready to be really close to another person. That pounding heart, the breathing, the sweating, your body might get a little bit flushed, your face and your... That's normal part of sex and being sexually (laughs) active with another person. Um, And I remember when I started having sex before, uh, before, started having sex, you know, a couple couple years ago, the first time. Um, I actually had problems separating out some of like the like the sort of stress and pressure and anxiety of like first first having sex and like my body being like, oh no, 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 this is what happens during sex. Like it's very, very similar feelings. Um, but the sad thing is if you don't separate them, um, when you have sex, blood rushes to extremities and your skin and your fingers. And that's why we have all of those like lovely erogenous zones all over our body because it's filled up with blood. Um, now, if you, if you have anxiety, on the other hand, anxiety is a defense mechanism biologically and all of the blood rushes out of your extremities. So it rushes out of your skin and out of your fingers and out of a penis or a, a labia and into your core to keep your inner organs safe and full of blood. Um, so it's... you need to figure out what's going on and say like, oh, this is good. This is my body getting turned on. This is me feeling really close to another person um, and separate that out from stress and anxiety. Like this is terrible and I'm afraid of what's going to happen and and letting those negative stories sort of run wild in your head. Um, And it takes some time. Like Spring and I are giving all of these tips and tricks might not work for your next date, right? It might not work for the next partner, but if you start practicing them when you get, you know, a couple a couple people down the road, uh, you'll probably have a much stronger connection without all the anxiety getting in the way of clear communication and making sure that your needs are being met inside of the relationship with them. And, you know, 
It can also really just help to like talk about when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling um, scared or when you're feeling nervous with somebody, like um, especially I think in the sexual scenarios, you know, sometimes um, and like if you're feeling embarrassed about something, you can just say it and that takes away a lot of its power. Um, Like, you know, when I get nervous, like my hands get sweaty and then I like feel really embarrassed. I don't want anyone to touch my hands or hold my hands, but like I want to like hold hands with someone and I'll be like, Oh, my hands are sweaty. And then like, I'll just try to keep my hands away from them. But then like, if I just talk about it, then we can just like laugh about it. And then like, and then, uh, guess what? I get less anxious and then my hands aren't sweaty anymore. Right. And so like, it's like so helpful to just be able to, you know, start to say some of those things out loud. Um, and that really also like, it's the, it's the hiding of like our nervousness, right. That like makes it even more of a problem. We try to like pretend like it's not there. Um, so I think, you know, acknowledging it, allowing it to be there and just knowing, you know, that it's normal um, and then keep doing these things that help reduce it is, you know, how we start to make it through that. Yeah. I love that sweaty hands analogy as well. Um, (laughs) The other thing that can happen, right? If you have something that you're a little bit embarrassed about or something that you don't like, that's anxiety related. Often it comes off as really like cute and close and intimate when you tell the other person as well. So instead of it driving them away, like, Oh, my hands are sweaty and gross. I don't want you to know. Like, you know, I'm so turned on by the situation that it's made my hands a little bit sweaty. Like it totally flips the scripts and it turns the anxiety into something that sort of like supercharges intimacy with somebody else, which is a really nice way to take something that, you know, could be negative and turn it into something quite positive if a little bit sweaty. All right. Any Anything else that we need to say about anxiety and dating before we call it? I have one more recommendation, which I think works for some people. Um, It depends, you know, like on your dating style and how you like to date. But um, I think, you know, in the very early stages of dating, when, you know, it's very casual and you haven't, you know, committed to any relationship style with someone, I think it can be really helpful to um, experience dating with a few different people at the same time um, because it's going to take all of that like extreme focus that can cause anxiety off of one person. So if you have a few people that you're like casually exploring going on the first couple dates with and like you can figure out for you like when that feels, um, you know, appropriate and inappropriate, like as you start to get deeper into relationships with people and talking about the style of relationship you want to have with them, whether it's monogamous or otherwise. Um, I think in the beginning, it can be really helpful to, you know, be going out on dates with a few different people. So then you're going to always have someone that's texting you. You're always going to have someone that's like asking you out basically, right? Because you have this coming from a few different um, people. And then it can also really help um, take away that like extreme focus that we tend to put on someone that we're interested in dating. And when that focus is kind of dispersed across a few people, then it loses that intensity that is triggering that anxiety, right? And it's like 
uh, so much easier, I think. <laughs> I mean, this is really getting into our last episode as well, talking about like the, the there's one perfect person and I need everything from them and all of my attention is on them and I, I want all of their attention on me. Um, and I think that's a really nice strategy to sort of like sort of dissolve that a little bit to sort of like spread it out and make it a little bit easier. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have some anxiousness during dating, you're normal, right? <laughs> Pretty much everybody does. Um, and hopefully today you have a we've heard a couple strategies to help bring that anxiety down so you can have slightly healthier, happier relationships that uh, don't have as much of that negative language sitting there in the back of your head, constantly telling you like, why haven't they texted me? Why didn't he call me? Oh my gosh. I'm probably making people more anxious by saying that. You should have a voice in your head saying, you are worth it, you are loved, you had a great time, and you'll continue to have a great time. There we go. Right. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank Let's you for listening. Let's put on repeat. Thank you. Uh, you are worth it, uh, you are loved, and you are going to have a great time. I forgot one. Uh, you're anyway. amazing. Yeah, you're amazing. You're a model. You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. Anyway, all right. Uh, if you have any questions about this or any other questions about sex, sexual health, relationships, we would love to hear from you. You can email us. We are the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W, W-R-A-P. You can call us at 413-I-RAPID. And you should definitely check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just two of music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. <laughs>